Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Uh, uh, just, you know, minor news week this week, not a, not a big deal. Nothing major happened, no life-shattering, life-altering decisions. Right, right. I you mean, know. we've had several we've had several weeks with not, you know, a ton of major news uh, since the SBC, you know, some here and there. Yeah. And this this week it seemed like we got we uh, caught up. We caught up. Yes, we did. And uh, one of them certainly close to your home and life. Yes, certainly. That is for sure. Yeah, why don't you take it take it away or maybe you need to maybe you need to mention our sponsor first. Well, you know, it, Dr. Rayner announced his retirement this week. Right. Um, and, you know, and if, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you, you saw that on Monday night. And, um, you know, Dr. Rayner used to be and was the founding dean. Nicely the done. Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, uh, located in Louisville, Kentucky. The Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. Nicely done. Nicely yep. done. So let's let's right. jump in. Tell so, us about yes, the week. At the, uh, the Lifeway trustee meeting Monday night, Dr. Rayner announced his retirement from Lifeway after uh, a little over 12 years, almost 13. I th- I'm not quite sure the numbers. I think it's right at 13 years. Uh, he's been at Lifeway um, and has announced uh, his, his retirement. So um, it, was, it was an emotional week. You know, we knew this was coming, and Dr. Rayner had told us a few weeks back, and uh, it, it had been up in the air for a while, and you know we still didn't know for sure. And then, uh, then Eric left Lifeway, and then we're kind of wondering, will that change his mind? And he thought about it, he talked about it, and uh, you know, in the end, decided it was still now was the best time. And I don't doubt it one bit that Dr. Rayner made the right decision in retiring when he did and how he did. Um, he went out honorably. He went out uh, head held high, Lifeway in a good place. And, you know, we've had some resignations and some some uh, leadership changes over the last few months in the Southern Baptist Convention that, that haven't. So it, it was it was right. refreshing in one sense to see a leader go out well, you know, end well, finish well. And, and you know, I'm proud of I'm proud of to, to work for him, proud to know him, proud to, you know, call him friend. And we've uh, yeah. spent a lot of time together the last seven years. Uh, I, I tweeted this out Monday night. He's probably, other than my wife, I've probably I've probably spent more time with Dr. Rayner over the past few years. Uh, we've traveled together all yeah. over the place, um, multiple trips a year, and you know, driven in cars and eaten tons of meals together. And um, it's it's going to be different at Lifeway uh, with Dr. Rayner gone. Um, yeah. And so you know, now we kind of look toward what's next and. Uh, don't know right. what that is. Don't know what the Lord holds for Lifeway, but I, I trust that uh, He will provide a, a new leader. And um, well, you know, it, it just kind of everything's up in the air right now. Yeah. Well, you know, you, the out of our uh, SBC this week Twitter account, um, and I know you sent this, but it was kind of a sentiment from both of us uh, that we've both, you know, worked for Him through the years, and that it's just such an honor. Um, and I worked with him at Southern Seminary years ago. That's when I first uh, was was around him. And I remember just sort of watching him and his uh, leadership style 
and uh, how deliberate it was. Um, it, it was kind of an incredible thing to, to witness and, and something that frankly, as an, uh, as someone in a different, uh, division there, uh, at a different, at primarily working with, uh, academic administration. So then he's one of the schools. So I was really watching from outside. Um, it was very intriguing. And then to go and work at Lifeway and be sort of, in the uh the place where he was leading and experience uh his his leadership style and gifts uh, it was a really incredible experience um my favorite my favorite memory of Dr. Rayner actually has to do with uh, sort of the thing he's known for which is being a family man um when i was getting ready to uh be a mom for the first time i uh, was was uh, at Southern Seminary, and a lot of people would come and say things to me like, "Oh, everything's about to change. The ki- you know, you're you're not going to get any sleep. It's going to be really crazy." And and not meaning to be negative, but maybe you know a little bit negative and daunting. And he walked up to me one day and said, "I bet everyone's coming and telling you things are are going to change." And I said, "Yes, sir, they are." And he said, "They sure are." There is absolutely nothing like being a parent. You will love it. And it, it was such a touching and, and sweet moment. And then uh, the last time that I uh, helped with the sort of faculty lineup for graduation, I was really emotional um, because it was my last one. And I knew at the time that it was uh, Danny Aiken's last one at Southern Seminary. Not everyone knew that that day, but I knew at the time. And so did Dr. Rayner. And I got um, emotional and because he looked over at me and he said, you're sad, aren't you? And I said, yes, sir. And he just smiled. And, uh, in that way, like he was almost like he was proud of me, uh, then. So it was a real joy to get to come back years later and work for him in a different capacity, um, working, you know, under a vice president there, but, but still sort of part of the bigger team. Uh, so it's it, it's been a real honor uh, to just be around that, and it's an honor to know him. Looking forward to seeing all that he is bringing uh, in future yeah. ministries. One of the funniest things about the whole week were people that would be messaging him, or you know, they would send messages, relay messages through me because they they know how to get in touch with him or whatever. And uh, you know, I hope he enjoys spending more time with his family. And I'm like, y'all just don't know Dr. Rayner, do you? Because I mean, yes, he will spend time with his family. He loves spending time with his family. But the man works like nobody else I've ever met. I mean, he he is constant. And now it's basically he can devote twice as much time to church revitalization and church answers, the different things that he's got going on. We're launching a, a new network for church revitalization called Revitalized Networking. You can find out more about that at revitalizednetwork.org. Uh, but, he, I mean, he's got that going on. He's got his church answer stuff. I mean, it's... It's like it's just retirement from Lifeway, not retirement to like go pick seashells, you know, piperism there. But right. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I see I mean, what he, you did there. He's not stopping, folks. I mean, if you think that he's going to be, you know, sitting on the beach in Cape Sandblast, well, he'll be doing that. But he's also going to be right there with his laptop cranking, you know, blog posts out and everything. We've had so many people ask about the blog and the podcast. And I'm like, we wrote a post on Wednesday of this week just to reassure everybody. Hey, it ain't going nowhere. It's still coming. Uh, we've got we've got stuff loaded, and he's not going anywhere from Lifeway for a while. He'll be staying on until the next president comes on. Um, one of the funniest things he said all week, uh, he said this a couple of times, was that 
he had a 100-day overlap, and some of the trustees had asked him, he said, those first two days were great. The next 98, they were 98 days. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just like there's no reason for a 100-day overlap. I mean, it's like you, you've got to learn to fly the plane and go. You know, you, it, you learn the people, yeah. kind of the lay of the land first day or two, and then let's go. Uh, just like you wouldn't any job. Yep. So, uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty funny. And he's, he's, uh, he did well. We had a chapel, all employee chapel on Wednesday after trustee meeting, you know, he made the announcement at trustee meeting had all that. And then Wednesday met with the, uh, the entire, uh, staff at Lifeway, all the employees. And, um, just, he got up there and talked for 45 minutes about his time at Lifeway and what it meant to him and just some of the highlights and, and lowlights also, um, of, of those 12 years. And, you know, it's just so down to earth. And, uh, you know, we've had some people, you know, you know, saying that maybe, you know, Lifeway's in trouble. You know, we've got Eric leaving and Selma retiring and Dr. Rainer. It's like, look, it's just a leadership turnover. Lifeway's in the better, best place it could possibly be in right now. And um, a lot, and, you know, a lot to do of, with Dr. Rainer um, being there for the past, you know, 12, 13 years. I know, Amy, you were there kind of the early years of Rainer. Uh, early to middle, I guess. And uh, yeah, I've been here yeah, like middle. from the middle on of the last seven years. And you kind of got to see the, the before and after the turnaround, really. And I came in right. when the turnaround basically started. And um, this place is is cranked in like I, I, you could have never imagined probably whenever you left life. Well, you've been gone now six years, I think. And, um, you know, it's 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 a different place now and, and not in a bad way, in a, in a really, really good way. Well, um, it's new new times. We now have more uh, entity openings uh, at one time than ever before. That's four right now. Four uh, entities. Which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's fascinating because we've asked that question, you know, at the beginning of the year, will there be any entity head changes? And, uh, most of the time, I, I mean, I kind of assume not, or I think, well, maybe one or, you know, something, but right now, uh, this is, is kind of, we're at a place that, that maybe in January we didn't really expect. So, uh, a lot, uh, will, it will be interesting to see where yeah. we are at the end of this and, year. And I think in January, when we looked at those entity head positions and thought, you know, are these going to open? Will some of these open? We probably right. figured one, maybe two this year. I mean, we kind of right. had a bead on one of them and a possible other one. Maybe a third if, if something really weird happened. Maybe a third. And we never imagined four all at once. Four simultaneous openings. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's just unprecedented. Right. We've, we've never seen anything like this. And what's funny is all the state convention exec jobs are filled. But the national entity, I mean, usually we see two yeah. or three state convention exec jobs come open. Those are all filled right now. Uh, we've got state convention meetings coming up this fall. Right. It's possible, I guess, we, we may get a retirement or announcement or two uh, this fall at the convention in you know, the, state, the state meetings. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen there. But, um, you know, we're looking at four national entity openings. So uh, a lot, lot going on right now. Yeah, we have uh, active search committees all uh, at different stages. And so we're always saying, you know, pray for this search committee. We'll pray for these search committees. I think within 72 hours this past weekend, we had two named. I think we had them named on Friday and on Monday. So yeah. roughly, you know, within three or four yeah, days of so. one another. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so definitely these are people who are actively working uh, on behalf of Southern Baptists 
in uh, a time when we are not in session, we are not meeting, and these are the people that we have uh, dispatched to to work on our behalf, and uh, we definitely need to be praying yes, for them. Yes, and you mentioned the search committee at Lifeway, and we've got the uh, the names and, and members of that here. Kent Dacus, the vice president of student services at Cal Baptist, uh, he is a member of the Grove Community Church in Riverside, California. Others on the search committee, it's seven members, by the way. Uh, others on the search committee are Bill Langley, a pastor of Severns Valley in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Millie Burkett, member of Pathway Church in Gresham, Oregon. Ken Bledsoe, senior pastor at Calvary in Aberdeen, New Jersey. Madeline Harris, a member of Ezekiel Baptist in Philadelphia. Todd Fannin, member of Life Fellowship in Pryor, Oklahoma. And Luther McDaniel, a member of First Baptist Hendersonville, Tennessee. So uh, we've got uh, Kentucky, Oregon, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, and Tennessee, along with the uh, chairman over in California. Like the Southwestern Seminary Presidential Search Team that we mentioned last week, very diverse in geography. Also, uh, uh, two women on the board or on the, uh, the team there. So uh, a very diverse group of people who are tasked with finding the 10th president of Lifeway Christian Resources. Fantastic. And if uh, if any of our listeners have uh, recommendations, that address is presidentialsearch at lifeway.com. Uh, so uh, we'll put all uh, relevant stories from uh, Baptist Press in the show notes. Uh, so you'll be able to see it there as well. Now, speaking of Lifeway, one more quick thing before we move to the next story. Uh, tell us about this new uh, senior vice president. Yes, Connor Nelson, who has been the director of human resources uh, for the past year, I think she was vice president of human resources, is now the senior vice president over human resources. Uh, she will begin that uh, upon Selma Wilson's retirement, which we mentioned, I think, a few weeks ago. Here, Selma is leaving in September. Uh, just uh, talked to her the other day and talking about her last day and everything. Uh, but Connor Nelson will become, I believe, the first African-American female vice president in Southern Baptist Convention entity history. Yep. So that's a big deal. Very yeah, big she's, deal. Connor is sharp because she is a former VP of human resources for Verizon, like up in New Jersey, New York. Uh, I mean, like okay. Fortune 15 company here. She was in charge of yeah. the human resources department for Verizon. And now she's at Lifeway. So that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. But Amy, there was more resignation news slash VP news from another entity this week. NAM announced uh, that Johnny Hunt, the longtime pastor at First Baptist Church Woodstock, Georgia, will be nominated to join the North American Mission Board as a senior vice president of evangelism and leadership at their trustee meeting next month. Yeah, this was a big announcement that sort of dropped uh, over the weekend. Um, on Sunday, it was... Uh, it, it it came out and it spread everywhere uh, very quickly. And uh, this comes after the Evangelism Task Force uh, presented their report and just talked about uh, the need to really put an emphasis on evangelism. And so NAM had already said that there, you know, that we'd already had the news about Jim Law coming um, as kind of an executive director leading this this group. But this is the announcement of the vice president, and it's a name that everyone knows, uh, Johnny Hunt. So really, really big deal um, and a, a lot of excitement generated about that. Perhaps some folks in Woodstock. Not so excited. Struggling, yeah, there's probably not know, much excited. Yeah, trying the, uh, to be excited. In, yeah. Right. 
trying to be excited, but I know that that's a, a bittersweet time. So I'm sure the next uh, few months will be just a, a time of transition for them. Uh, that vote, I believe, will be on October 2nd. But, you know, this was one of those things that uh, on any normal week would have been absolutely the top story. But then uh, you guys at Lifeway had to... Uh, had had to go and and drop another one yeah. on us. Um, but really cool. And we've got the uh, Baptist Press story that uh, comes from the news release from Nam. Um, that that will be in the show notes as well. Um, but we will definitely be excited uh, for that trustee meeting where they uh, vote on that nomination. Um, I have a good feeling of how that vote's going to go. Yeah, Jonathan. I, I think he might be able to get approved. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that might pass. Yeah. Where you you heard yes. it here, folks. Yes. We're <laughs> yeah. Really staking a claim here. We're putting you know drawing a line in the That's sand right. here at SBC That's this right. week. Really. That's right. Really. That's uh, right. Really going out on a limb. Um. So big big yes, prediction. Huge prediction. Um. The, yeah. A limb the size of the one that they slept on in Jurassic Park. You know that that. You know what I'm talking about in the first one? Yeah. 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 yeah anyway. Yeah. All right. And uh, Amy, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, convocation at a few of the seminaries. Uh, you guys had convocation a couple of weeks ago. There was a story that came out of New Orleans uh, this past week uh, about convocation down there and a sermon by Dr. Chuck Kelly. Tell us about that, Amy. Yeah, so this was um, something we didn't really we we didn't really discuss this. It wasn't it wasn't a major thing in the the news, but Baptist Press um, put out a story this week, so we decided to go ahead and talk about it. Uh, but I think a lot of folks in the SBC were sort of openly discussing this uh, last week that the chapel sermon at New Orleans uh, for their convocation um, was a very personal one from uh, Dr. Kelly where he sort of uh, shared some things from his journal, uh, thoughts on the SBC uh, from the summer. Um, it was it, it was very transparent um, had, you know, thoughts reflecting on uh, struggles and difficulties uh, and just just very honest. This uh, in, in the story, it says that it got nearly 3,700 views on the uh, New Orleans YouTube channel. Um, sub, you know, lots of social media posts. I was tracking uh, a lot of those. And I think, you know, some folks maybe were struggling with what they heard from him as real discouragement and even reflecting on this year's annual meeting um, uh, with with maybe a tone of discouragement and people who didn't feel that way, who came away encouraged, uh, were just sort of rattled, you know, by the by the sermon. Um, so Dr. Kelly did did uh, give an interview to Baptist Press. He talked about um that he said he might change a thing or two about the way he said some things, but, you know, stands by the main emphases of the message he was sharing from his heart. Um, so I think it's it, it's it's good, and I think it's the fair thing, especially for those who uh, have been tracking that, who watched it, listened to it. I did, and I um, was, was paying attention to the conversation. To also go and read this interview, because you kind of get to hear some reflection. There was also a post at SBC Voices by Jay Adkins, who wrote something after he went and met uh, with Dr. Kelly. So, interesting conversation and a reminder that uh, that there are always multiple perspectives coming away from our meetings. Um, and it's, you know, when we're, when we are open with one another, we, we're going to yeah, see and that. I think that the last thing that you mentioned there, Amy, is the key here because, uh, you and I, we, 
we obviously talked a lot about coming away from Dallas and where the SBC was headed, what it looks like, the excitement that seemed to be in the air. So this is a good reminder that uh, as much as we may feel like the tide has turned and, and things are headed in one direction in the SBC, there are others who who have a different viewpoint and don't quite see it the same way that you and I see it. And does that make them any less Southern Baptist? No. Um, does that make them wrong? No. It just means they have a different viewpoint. So, uh, you know, that's why we have elections. That's because, you know, this year a lot of people asked us, you know, why is Ken Hemphill running? Well, he had a different viewpoint. It, it, it happens. Why does right. somebody run for second vice president or first vice president against somebody else? They have a different viewpoint. They have a different idea. Okay. That's good. That's what our right. polity calls for. So, you know. It does. Uh, yeah. We may not understand it. We may not agree with it, but that doesn't make it, you know, not valid. Right. And one thing that I think is important to remember is that even as we all walk away with different thoughts about how things have gone and some of the things that, that he talked about that that have been discouraging over the last um, year, you know, particularly what all went on at the executive committee in the spring, uh, those things were discouraging yes. to all of us. We all walked together. So, you know, not everything he mentioned was a divergent, you know, viewpoint. And so I think I think the other thing that's good to remember is that we exist within um, a statement, the Baptist faith, a message that um, that that gives us parameters to to stand in those to know that we all stand around these things. Um, and that's good. I mean, to, to step back and say, here's who we are. This is this is an identifier. Um, but within that, we're we're going to have some different thoughts about how we go from there um so the so we have a conversation that's that's going on but i would encourage uh i would encourage people to read the baptist press article uh, just to hear you know continued reflection all right so moving on to washington amy this week monday night uh, eventful night at lifeway but also an eventful night in dc where the president welcomed uh, more than 100 evangelicals including many southern baptists and uh that that also includes uh former presidents Ronnie Floyd, Jack Graham, and current president uh, J.D. Greer, uh, to celebrate faith and freedom at the White House in what was uh, kind of billed as a evangelical state dinner. Is that fair? Um, I think they said li- it will be like, like a state okay. dinner, which would uh, they can't say it's a state yeah. dinner. I mean, a state dinner is an actual like specific thing that is, you know, the State Department is involved and it's involving other, you know, visiting dignitaries from other countries. But they said it would be like a state dinner, which I think would indicate something about uh, yeah. the formality of it, the room that it's yeah. in, the menu. Yeah, it was in it was in the, yeah. the state room or something like that. I don't know. Um, that's yeah. that's and correct. Those candlesticks are really tall. I'm noticing that. I, I hadn't noticed that until till now right. in the picture. But check the picture out, folks, at Baptist Press. The candlesticks, really, really tall candlesticks. Right. This would be a good time to mention, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this before. There's a really great um, app on the iPhone. Oh, I've had that on mine. Bush I have Library, that. I believe. Yeah. Where you, tr- where you have to, like, do a state dinner and you have to get all the food to everybody. You have to seat people in the right places. So if you're interested in learning about state dinners, uh, that's, that's an app to, to yeah. check out. All right. That's that was just yeah, a freebie, freebie, folks. Just a side note. Yeah. Moving back to the state, like yeah, this and, week. and in this uh, meeting, you know, there was been a lot of news coverage about this. We got a couple of links to articles in there. 
Uh, so you can go in and you can find out more about that. But obviously talked about uh, human dignity, human life, uh, the sanctity of human life, uh, different things like that. So all the the talking points that you would expect uh, from the president uh, to the evangelical group that had gathered there. And um, we'll just kind of keep uh, keep an eye on this as the midterms approach uh, this fall. A, a lot of uh, important elections going on, and it'll be fascinating to see how that all shakes out. Also, uh, government-related news this week. A uh, Southern Baptist has been promoted to Air Force Deputy Chief of Chaplains. Colonel Ronald M. Harville has been promoted to the rank of Brigadier General in the Air Force, and uh, he's going to become the Deputy Chief of Chaplains in the Air Force. Yeah, I just saw this news. I actually hadn't gotten to read a whole lot on it. It just came out yesterday. Um, I feel like I've seen a lot in the news about uh, Southern Baptist chaplains. Yeah, there was something in lately. the Army. It, um, maybe there was a story about an Army chaplain that had been like reinstated or something because he refused to do a homosexual wedding, possibly. Yeah, I think so. And then maybe there, I think there's been a few others that maybe have come to my attention because they were some Southeastern graduates and they were actually just some positive stories about work as chaplains. But it just, it just seems like that's been uh, coming to the surface a lot lately. But yeah, this is a big announcement. And so uh, congratulations to uh, Brigadier General. Is that just how you yeah. say it? Or do you just say, yeah. So congratulations to Brigadier General. I didn't know they had Harvel. Brigadier Generals in the Air Force, but, I, you know. I'm a Navy guy, so it's okay. Well, I don't know anything about these military yeah. ranks. Well, and my stuff brother's like in that. the Navy. I'm not even going so to. I, I have pretend. cousins that have served in the Navy, so we're a Navy family. But there you gotcha. go. Gotcha. We're a yeah. sports family. <laughs> that that is true. Um, all right, so yeah, yeah, Navy and church. Basically, that's like my entire family. Um, they all work in the yeah. church or in no, the Navy. sports and and yeah. education. We're te- uh, I'm from I'm from teachers yeah. and farmers. Tobacco farmers. That's correct. South Carolina church plants sued the town that they are located in uh, because they were banned from renting the Civic Center, a disto beach. Amy, uh, I'm not up on my South Carolina geography, um, but Redeemer Fellowship of Adisto Island has filed suit in federal court in South Carolina. Is it Adisto or Edisto? I don't know. I'm not from South Carolina. I don't know. Somebody tell us out I'll there. have to consult with uh, South Carolinian Aaron Earls for that. Yes, yeah, someone who's listening needs to tell us if if I just yeah. said that Nathan right or if Finn's you said it right. a South Carolinian now. He can let us know. Your husband yeah. is a South well, Carolinian. Keith is a yeah. South Carolinian. Oh, he says Edisto. it's Edisto. He's in here. He says it's Edisto. I was okay. right, folks. Um, this is, you know, it's another one in a long line of these uh, types of cases. Certainly things that we need to watch as they pop up in all of these places. Uh, as towns and cities are navigating what they think it means to to have the separation of church and state and how we pursue uh, religious liberty in the midst of that. Uh, in some sense, you know, they say all politics is local. These are the things that we need to watch is how our local governments are uh, interfacing with local churches. Uh, so uh, definitely, uh, definitely something to track uh, is this lawsuit. So as we see more, we will, we will bring it back yeah, we'll up. We'll keep an eye on that. And, uh, Something I didn't even know existed, Amy. I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast, the Bivocational and Small Church Leadership Network. I think I've heard of it. All right, I well, think I've they, heard they of are it. offering uh, free education and training through their website at smallchurch.net. Their, their goal is to have 2,000 online resources at the website, and they also provide a complimentary thumb drive of all the resources for pastors and leaders who don't have internet access. So if you uh, don't have internet access, 
I'm not quite sure how you listen to this podcast, but maybe that means you don't have That's what maybe I was you don't have internet say. access at the church and you can't like, you know, stream stuff at the church so you can use a or if yeah. you know someone who too. doesn't. Um tell them about the yes. podcast, then tell them about the Bivocational and Small Church Leadership Network over at smallchurch.net. Uh, Joe Wright Jr. is the executive director of that, and uh, they're just you know doing a lot of things for pastors. So 83% of churches in the Southern Baptist Convention could be considered a quote-unquote small church under 125 in Sunday school. We are a convention of smaller churches. We know that. Uh, sometimes the, the big churches get all the headlines, but the, the body of the SBC is primarily made up of small churches, and we uh, we got to remember that a lot of times. And the Bivocational and Small Church Leadership Network is there trying to resource our pastors, and we wish them all the best. Once again, that's smallchurch.net for that information. And Amy, we have our first 2018 state convention report from the BGCT. That's so early. I, I didn't I, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's I didn't realize yeah, they had took it that place early. Yeah, a while but, back. Because uh, I remember seeing stuff about this yeah. when it was going on. Uh, I think even... Um, Dr. Bingham over at Southwestern spoke at the thing. It's part of it. Okay. So this was the 2018 Texas Baptists Family Gathering and Annual Meeting, a three-day event at the Arlington Convention Center. They elected a new slate of officers, President Michael Evans from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Mansfield. Um, he was uh, was elected. Then Jason Burden, First Baptist Church in Nederland. Nederland. I know that one. That's in the East Texas. The Golden Triangle. You got one area. right. I got yeah. one right. Um, he was a, he was elected first vice president. Jason Atchley, pastor of here's a good name. I think it's Bacon, bacon as in I don't care. <laughs> I I'm going to say bacon. bacon. Bacon Heights Baptist Church. That's like the perfect Southern Baptist name. Actually, the perfect Southern Baptist name would be Fried Chicken Heights Baptist Church. But Bacon Heights, right? That but works it's ba- Bacon Heights as in bacon. Uh, Bacon Heights Baptist Church in Lubbock, second vice president. Uh, It says the three officers represent diverse segments of the Texas population in size, scope, and ethnicity. They also had uh, meetings of the African-American Fellowship, the Hispanic Baptist Convention of Texas. Um, They had four pastors of BGCT churches who preached during worship services, including David Dykes from uh, Green Acres Baptist Church, which is is one that... um, uh, I've, you know, been aware of, uh, Ralph Wright, uh, as well as some, as well as several others. And, uh, so it seems like they had a, a, a really good meeting, um, 2054 messengers and visitors. Um, and as a reminder earlier this year, the CBF was removed as a given, op- uh, as a giving option for BGCT churches, uh, and their, uh, seventy nine twenty one split remained uh, for this year, so it's not mandatory, but it, I guess it is encouraged uh, to do the seventy nine twenty one split for CP receipts in the BGCT. Yeah, so that means you can choose a worldwide partner, and the options are the Southern Baptist Convention or BGCT worldwide. So that's a a larger. Uh, ministry option uh, and the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship used to be a third option but is no longer available uh, so that's uh, very good kicking yeah. it off and uh, we'll, we'll be bringing those to you as they happen this one was a you know obviously a little bit early I think it happened back at the end of sep- or end of July so a lot earlier than normal uh, state convention times that we see uh, those will be coming up in September October and November all right well that's going to do it for the news this week Amy we talked it was a 
a heavy news week, big news week this week. And uh, But that is going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1976. That was the year I was born, so I would have been about two months old uh, when this happened. Fascinating story in Baptist Press uh, by Robert Stanley about Orville Reed. He was a 68-year-old missionary to Mexico at the time, uh, and the first sentence says, Orville W. Reed, 68-year-old missionary to Mexico, renowned for his feats of strength, will jog from the Southern Baptist Home Mission Board here September 3rd on the first lap of a 550-mile run for life. So he was going to run from the Home Mission Board in Atlanta to the Foreign Mission Board in Richmond, um, hoping to win 1,000 people to Christ and collect at least $60,000 for U.S. and world relief. So he was going to leave um, on August, no, excuse me, on September 3rd. Uh, so it was getting kind of kicked off um, on August 30th in that story. Um, and he and his wife Alma were about to retire, so he would run from Atlanta to the Foreign Mission Board offices, uh, which now we know is the International Mission Board in Richmond, uh, to arrive by October 11th when he and his wife would officially retire and uh, would be honored at the time. Uh, they were uh, ple- they had already pledged their retiring bonus as a contribution to suffering people of the world. But the thing that's really fascinating uh, is is uh, just sort of how this was was uh, getting fo- how, how this was going to be done. The executive director of the Home Mission Board, Arthur Rutledge, uh, it said he would offer a prayer of dedication as Reed started his run down uh, auxiliary roads of I-85 and along U.S. 29 through Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina to Richmond. It said the lean and wiry missionary will jog about 20 miles a day, five days a week. He would take Thursday and Sunday off from running, but not from the arduous schedule of rallies, personal appearance, appearances, and demonstrations of physical fitness. So he was going to go to schools, churches, prisons, stadiums, challenge youth and others to clean living, acceptance of Christ as Savior, and commitment uh, to the will of God. Um, he said that publicity about the world relief offering had scared off some churches, but the giving would be strictly voluntary. Um, I think that had to do with, uh, local churches not wanting to go outside. Uh, but this was funny. He said, I'll emphasize the importance of storehouse tithing through the local church. And then I'll challenge people to give up something that would be harmful to them anyway, like cold drinks or candy for the period of my run to help people around the world. And then it said, um, during his appearances, Reed will perform feats of strength, of feats of physical strength, which seem incredible for a man his age. In one such stunt, he clasps his hands and challenges 32 men equal to two football teams and two basketball teams to pull his hands apart. He also accepts the same challenge with two cars or two horses doing the pulling. Another feat allows someone with an 18-pound hammer to break a rock on his stomach. Or he may recite poetry as an auto, I think that means car, rests on his stomach. I wonder what poetry he uses. 
I I wonder too. It also says as dangerous as these may seem, Reed says he runs more risk in a wrestling challenge in which he gets down on all fours and defies anyone to turn him over. His only requirement is that the challenger not catch his hands below the wrist or his feet below the ankle. So far, he had been turned over only once. That was by a 185-pound wrestler who took him on after Reed had just outlasted another opponent. Uh, he weighs 150 pounds. This this story kind of just, I, I couldn't get over it. I um, really just had to share it, just to be honest. I've never seen anything like it. It, it just tickled me uh, to hear of all these feats of strength. To And I wish I could have been there to see some of them. 68 years old. Incredible. There's there's way more. This is actually a very long story. Um, and it, it's, it is worth your time. So the link will be in the show notes. And uh, so he was uh, finishing off his service in a, a very big way. And he was warming up this week in SBC history. All right, so while you were talking, I went and Googled this dude. And in April of 1965, the Lawton Constitution from Lawton, Oklahoma, had a couple of pictures of feats of strength, quite easy, 56-year-old missionary claims. Uh, And it shows a picture of somebody hitting a sledgehammer onto the concrete block with him laying on his back, you know, on his stomach. And then there's another picture of the people trying to pull his hands apart. So I don't have access on newspapers.com, but there is a story basically corroborating all of what Amy just said. Not that we ever doubt Amy, but I really wish I could get to that uh, to that story. So, kind of neat. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Now that you said that I found it, um, any of you who have a, a, a subscription uh, to newspapers.com, uh, find some way to share that with us because you can see the person, you can see the picture. It's kind of fuzzy what I'm looking at, but uh, really, really fascinating. So anyone out there who has stories about Orville Reed or perhaps went and have witnessed the feats of strength or remembers this run, uh, give us, uh, you know, give us a shout out. We would we would love to hear more. Yeah. In the Middlesbrough Daily Newspaper of uh, in 1970. Also, I'm not it's in Kentucky, Middlesbrough, Kentucky. Um, there's some stuff about him as well. So uh, Orville Reed, he was a beast. Okie doke, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, Timothy Barnabas uh, events, which uh, I was thinking about because that's kind of part of this transition with yeah. Johnny Hunt. Yep, now Nam is driving the Barnabas. Oh, well done, well done. That's, that, I've so used that one before, so it, right. it doesn't really count. Yeah, you on this show. So we talked about that already, but I wanted to share that as a resource and give the link uh, for those who might be interested. It's a time of instruction and encouragement um, for those in ministry, and uh, there are some upcoming retreats. Go and check out the website. I, From what it looks like, they don't have the tickets um available just yet they've got uh oh it's monday october 1st is when registration opens uh for 2019 but there are two retreats in atlanta one in gatlinburg one in palm springs and one in branson oh um sign me up yeah Kevin. that's your yep your your favorite place so definitely check that out and make plans to go back uh to registration on october 1st uh Dr. Hunt is coming to Southeastern and doing um, kind of a Timothy Barnabas day. Does he get to stay at the Hunt house? 
I'm sure he does. I don't or, know. Or as he calls for, it, the house. <laughs> I don't know. I would imagine that he does. It's a lovely, it's a lovely house um, to stay in or a lovely, you know, kind of apartment there. Um, but he, he will be here and do some of, of what he does in these Timothy Barnabas retreats, which is a great thing, a great service to the students, um, and to, uh, some, you know, to student spouses. And, um, but I wanted to just throw that out there because that is, uh, something that is part of this whole transition and it is an ongoing ministry, uh, time for instruction and encouragement for those who are in the trenches. All right. And my resource of the week is an article that I wrote earlier this week, uh, just basically showcasing 12 resources from the 12 years that Dr. Rayner has been president at Lifeway. Uh, it, it was kind of neat to, to put this article together because you start looking back and you, you look at the impact that things like Game Day Central, which was a VBS resource, the Baptist Hymnal, LifewayWorship.com, uh, the Love Dare, Beth Moore's Esther Study, Priscilla Shire's Armor of God. I mean, just the the CSB, the She Reads Truth Bible, which was our 2017 uh, resource of the year here on SBC This Week. Um, the impact that these have made under the leadership of Dr. Rayner is staggering, absolutely staggering, how they have just impacted the church, how they have impacted the kingdom, how they've grown the kingdom, uh, and how you know just individual lives have been changed, have been shaped. Um, and you know, eternity has, has been won for so many, uh, as a result of these. So, uh, I, I was just kind of neat to, to put that together and, and start to look at the cumulative effect of, uh, of Dr. Rayner's leadership at Lifeway. So that's a little Very article cool. that I put together and, uh, you know, just check it out and just you know, go look and see how many of those you may have. And, uh, if not pick some of them up, if you don't pick one up, yep. yep. All right. Except for Game Day Central. You can't really pick that one up anymore because that was like 2007. Right. So right. That, that one's yep. out of print, folks. Sorry. All right. Well, it's been a, a longer episode than normal. Uh, a lot uh, a lot going on in the SPC this week, and uh, we appreciate you hanging with us each and every week here on the podcast. Uh, you know, it, it, who knows what next week may bring for us uh, here in the SPC. We're getting toward the, uh, the, the fall, so that means uh, more trustee meetings, more announcements, more... Uh, state conventions, more announcements from that. So we'll be here each and every week, just like we always are. Uh, Have a great Labor Day, Amy. Hope everybody has a great Labor Day, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.